and welcome to... I'm a sophisticated, so can you, the show that engages with the canon so that you don't have to. I'm one of your hosts, Sydney, and, and that's a creaking door. And I'm another of your hosts, Anthony, joined, it appears, by our surprise co-host, my other cat, Gonzo. Yeah, we got a lot of... We got a lot of distracting cats on this podcast, and that's just part of what makes us so charming yeah, (laughs) and makes us hard to edit if you're me, Yeah, but that's okay. So today we are talking about, we have a very special episode. Yes, we are breaking into our own feed once again, as we often do. Yes. Because- Um, Talk about the Barbie movie. Barbie! Barbie. Yeah. Uh, We have not kept it a secret from each other what we thought of it. I allowed myself the rare luxury of high expectations. Yeah. And I was not disappointed. Yeah. And I think both of us, same. And both of us also went in with very little knowledge about the actual movie. Yeah. I sort of avoided knowing like what was going to transpire Mm -hmm. (laughs) in the movie. I'd seen a lot of visuals. And I knew who was involved, and that's why I was so optimistic. Mm-hmm. But I, a lot of times, if I think I'm going to like something, I force myself to like think that I'm not going to, actually. Because it's such a bummer to go to something and be like, I would have liked this if I hadn't hyped it up so much in my own damn mind. Yes. You know? I, so yes. I just really try to like keep it cool, calm, and collected. Mm-hmm. I try to be a, a bro about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean- and try to be unruffled. It's the same reason why I don't do that much research before I go and see any of the Star Wars movies, because I don't want my expectations to be too high, even though, as I have said on this podcast and have demonstrated in past episodes, I am a lifelong Star Wars nerd. Well, no, but that's exactly, I think, what I'm talking about is like something that you want to be good, that it's important to you. You have skin in the game. Yeah. You kind of have to guard your heart. Absolutely. Like I know I for like... The stage play of Moulin Rouge, for example, or mm-hmm. the film version of Into the Woods, conversely. Yes. Things that I really wanted to want. I was careful to be like, okay, but you have to know that it's not going to be the thing that you want, actually. Yeah. And then when they weren't very good. It was fine. I was like, well, that was a way to spend an evening. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I really try to not feel the way that I felt about Barbie going in, which which was like, I think this is going to be fantastic. And it was. But then it was. I don't know. I just like knew psychically. I was like, I was like, this is an okay thing to get your hopes up about because I just like, I, I don't know. I just knew. I was like, I don't think it, I, I don't see a way that it could fail. I don't, yeah. I don't, there, it, it, it can't get past me. Like, I already know how much I like what Margot Robbie does. Mm-hmm. I think Greta Gerwig, I am not always aligned in sort of mood with Greta Gerwig, but she doesn't fuck things up. No. And I know that about her. It's just like, is it going to be for me? I'm not sure. But Margot Robbie, I know, is going to be for me. I knew a lot about the soundtrack going in, and I knew that I liked the soundtrack of Birds of Prey, mm-hmm. and I knew that there was going to be Lizzo and Charlie XCX and Dua Lipa, so I was like, I knew that even if it made no sense, that it was going to be visually stunning, and it was it was going to be set to a soundtrack that I wanted to watch mm-hmm. with pictures that would be fun to look at. Yeah, and it was all of that and more. Yeah, and then it turned out it was also good, so that's nice for yeah. me. Yeah. It's funny that you say that it would be fine even if the film didn't make sense because I feel like the film made an internal 
amount of sense. But if you're talking about like, is it sensical? Yes. <laughs> is it sensible? No. No. <laughs> Do I have a problem with it? Absolutely not. No. I think, well, one, I tried to really scroll past stuff about it on TikTok ahead of seeing it because I sort of didn't want to know the, what the content was going to be until it was happening. Mm-hmm. But one thing that snuck into my ears before I could scroll fast enough was someone, some random person's criticism that it, quote, didn't really have a plot. What? Yeah. So I could I could tell you the plot. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I I but I was not but I still had high expectations. I was like unbothered by that. I was like, okay, like that will either be true or not true. And I do not care. Mm -hmm. But then. It absolutely has a plot, and I think it has a very cogent plot. <laughs> yeah. I want to ask that same person if they think that Boogie Nights has a plot, because I would argue it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, Boogie Nights does not have a plot. <laughs> yeah. Boogie Nights ha- is like sketch. Yeah, In fact, I don't know that I've seen a Paul Thomas Anderson movie that really has something that I would call a plot. <laughs> sure. Yeah. In the same way that this movie has a discernible story with an arc, a protagonist and an antagonist. Like, yes, a couple different antagonists that sort of complicate each other, which is yes. a great way to have a story. And like very discernible like like not only did things happen (laughs) like i could tell what i wanted to happen (laughs) there were not only happenings there was like a game board there were like like choice points like flow chart like i could see the way it could go a few different ways and then Mm -hmm. it chose a way you know what i mean like i was never like i was never like where the shit is this going right but i was also never like oh i see everything that you're doing and i i i got it i got it yeah it was an, an appropriate level of ride along yeah exactly everything felt very justified totally yeah i think the very beginning so sort of the well the actual inciting incident happens off screen in the real world while we are in barbie land this is true but our first notion of it is we've we've seen what it's like to live in barbie land and then Mongo Robbie in the middle of a dance number just goes, do you guys ever think about death? <laughs> and I loved that moment and I thought it was so funny and the execution is perfect. And I was like, uh, like from then I was like, okay, like I, I feel I already had faith, but I was like, I feel like I'm in good hands and this is going to be like, this is tonally where I want it to be. But then I was still even more impressed with like how clearly that was explained. Like I thought that was just when it happened, I thought they were just doing like, and here is the like chink in the armor. Like here is the thing that goes wrong. And now we'll have to like deal with Barbie land and the real world colliding because Margot Robbie has had this thought, but it's like, no, no, they're actually like, was a whole reason yeah like they were already intertwined someone made thoughts of death barbie yeah in the real world <laughs> and so it needed a representation in barbie land yeah 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 and like the way that that is unfolded to us i just yeah i just thought it was so like it had it had a very clear story about being a doll mm-hmm. and also a very clear like thesis about feminism yes and it did both of those elegantly mm-hmm. and also like had a plot. Like I, like I, if you told me that something was going to be able to do all three of those things, I would be surprised if I hadn't already seen it. Especially when 
a lot of its themes are explained in a very explicit monologue sure, about yes. the inherent impossibility of being a woman, which like you would think that that would seem inelegantly blunt, but it actually feels yes. like very justly deserved in the moment. You're yes. like, yes, this is what you have. This is like the simmering tension of the movie is that no one is giving voice to the inherent impossibility of what you're trying to do. Yes, and I think uh, another criticism that I've heard now that I've seen the movie, I am not scrolling on the discourse. I, I'm, I'm, I'm watching all of it. Now I have seen criticisms that like it sort of didn't go far enough or that it's very like feminism 101. So yeah, so let's talk about the monologue. That's like the point of the movie. I'm assuming if you're listening to this that you've seen the movie, but like there's a point where both are leading ladies, the only way forward for them is to discuss how there are no good choices mm-hmm. as a woman, person, or a Barbie. And there's this monologue that America Ferreira uh, has a- about that. And that was a point in the movie where I felt a little... Like, she started talking and I sort of knew what she was going to say. But I still wanted to hear her say it. Mm-hmm. And I was curious I was curious how far this movie would take it and it was not that far like I could give you several more maddening paradoxes that she didn't bring up but like it didn't need, it doesn't need to be that it, it it doesn't matter how deep we go into how impossible like all that matters is that it is impossible to be a woman you know right. what I mean like she like as soon as like she could you can demonstrate that I'm like spinning out about math right now. It's like so when you're trying to like prove a thing in math, mm-hmm. there's often like there's like fancy ways you can do it, but you do not need to do those fancy ways if you can prove it an easy way. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or not easy, a simple way. Yeah. And that's what I feel like happened. It's like, yes, of course, of course, we could get further into the the plight of women in um, capitalist patriarchy. But, like, for this movie to make sense and for it to reach, and it seems like really activate an audience, like, all it needs to do is say that it's impossible. You know what I mean? Like, it Mm -hmm. it doesn't need to go past just, like... Uh, The statement of fact. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I saw a tweet, to your point, that was saying, yes, the Barbie movie might be intro to feminism, but based on the reactions, it seems like a lot of yes, you people need intro seems, to feminism. Yes, that's what people needed to hear. And it's like, I don't I don't like things that feel like propaganda or um, preachy to me, even when I agree with them, almost especially when I agree with them, because I'm like, I, I, that's not that's not art's job to me is to do like cultural theory or criticism. Mm-hmm. That's like something you can fold in. But, like, that's why we have theory and criticism. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're not the same thing as art. Right. When you're constantly doing theory and criticism in your art, you wind up being Sasha Velour, which is not a bad thing to do. Yeah. But no, is not I, I, don't, I don't think it's a bad thing a to... A mode for all time. Right. I don't think it's a bad thing to... Inc- I mean, I do think there's a lot of theory in the Barbie movie, and I don't mm-hmm. think it's a bad thing. But I know... When something is only theory (laughs) Mm -hmm. and not art. Yes. You know? So at some point, like, I can't tell you, like, how many different uh, beautiful practical sets you need to build before you tip the scale into being art instead of just theory. Like, I don't know where the line is. It's different for every project. But I felt that this movie was very safely 
in the art and entertainment side. Yeah. And like it included these things like feminist theory and whatnot. And it sounds like, yeah, it sounds like a lot of people who went to it like really benefited from hearing it. But I did not feel that it was like a visual essay Mm -hmm. at all. I felt like it was a really fun movie. Yeah, absolutely. I really enjoyed that this movie has a magic to it that is never questioned. Like, I love when a movie is just like, this is just a world in which this stuff is fine. Yes, don't explain, don't justify it. Don't give me the the ins and outs and the parameters. Mm -hmm. Harry Potter, dear Jesus, stop talking. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It can just be that way. Right. Like, that's what fantasy is. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you want your dear Marvel, if you want your movies to clock in at under two hours, just don't worry about how it works so long as it's consistent. Yes. Like, just show me what it is and I'll be like, okay. Yeah. Like, (laughs) getting from the Barbie world to the real world requires several forms of Barbie transport. Yeah. But you, and then if you go back, you just take them the other way. But anyone can do that. Yeah, anyone can do that, but you, and I also really like that, like, the closest point, like, the hub, like, where you land coming from the Barbie world is Venice Beach. Yes. (laughs) That's, like, where they touch. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not really, because there were a couple different sort of, like, like, spaceships and things (laughs) in between, but they, but those were Barbie land spaceships. Mm -hmm. The first time it's real world, it's. Rollers. roller skates yeah rollerblades yeah at venice beach i think they're skates i know at least ken has blades okay i believe you i literally never go anywhere without them <laughs> he claims to her in yes. the back of her convertible which is like a little too small all the ways that it played with scale mm-hmm. just like very subtly because like that is a thing about dolls is that like nothing is ever quite right like mm-hmm. a doll is always a little too big for the house it's in because you want the doll to be play withable, yes. but you also want the house to fit inside your house. Yes. <laughs> the way that like her Barbie car was like just a little too small mm-hmm. to be a real car. Yeah. Um, it's like a Flintstones car. Yeah. And I, I've definitely seen a clip of Margot Robbie talking about how they deliberately made everyone's hair a little too big. Mm. Like everyone's wearing like four wigs. Yeah. <laughs> because because Barbies are like disproportionate that way. Yes. And there's only so much, you know, you can cast people who are built improbably, such as Margot Robbie, but there's only so much you can do to create that high fantasy silhouette without just like full CGIing, full like like Gollum tech. <laughs> yes. Mocap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I took myself on a little tangent there. That's not what we're talking about. Oh, we're talking about how you, uh, the internal logic of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's like, listen, it has to happen for the movie. And can you just like calm the fuck down? And everybody did. Like, mm-hmm. that's one of the best things that I got out of film school that you absolutely do not have to go to film school to know. I think. Mm-hmm lots of people hear this outside of film school but like dumb shit only bothers you if you're not having a nice time yeah when people point out inconsistencies in fantasy magic that means you're not doing a good enough job telling the story yes if the story is working then you can fudge the rules a little bit 
or just not tell us exactly where the door is. The, like, you don't have to run the cart just to keep doing this comparison. You don't have to run the cart right into the like northwest corner of the Muscle Beach. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, there's no, there's not, there's not like a a, a brick that you tap. Yeah, it's just like this is how it happens, and just and we're just gonna keep the story moving, and you're gonna be having such a nice time watching the movie that you don't care. Yeah, no, that's very true. Speaking of the internal logic of the movie, and circling back to your thoughts about the soundtrack, I mm. thought it was very fun that Barbie World and the Kendom each had their own theme song. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and that they were both pop hits from the '90s. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty shamelessly, I mean, it was made by people our age, but I felt like it also pretty shamelessly pandered to people our age. Like Mm -hmm. all of the, there's a big emotional moment of like found footage, quote unquote, but probably, I don't know, uh, montage at the end that all looks like. 80s and 90s video cameras yeah like like it would be from our childhoods it's not there's maybe some that's a little bit older Mm -hmm. but it's like it's not stuff that was taken on an iphone it's Mm -hmm. like home movies yes and that's just not the way that childhood memories are made anymore like any kid watching this movie would be like what is that but every millennial immediately burst into tears yeah yeah it's interesting that the real world point of view character is an elder millennial yeah. like she's she's probably 40 yeah and has a 11 year old yeah um one cool thing the internet told me is that the the kid and her friends mm-hmm. at the school yeah <laughs> that the girl is like you don't don't go talk to them yeah no one talks to them they are uh brat stalls oh like if you hold up brat stalls that's next to the i really like that because it's like they really hand barbie her ass and it's like yeah that's the only time Mm -hmm. that's the only time a doll has ever like had one over on barbie who's brad's dolls so that's that's fun Mm -hmm. it's a fun fun detail yeah you know what i really liked was the montage of all of the ways that they could distract the kens Mm -hmm. all of the ways that they could engage these men in their stupid needs to be asserting themselves. Yeah. And it was all of these like pretty small things. And I, this, I know this is super obvious that I'm saying this, but this is one of those things where it's like, yes, it's Feminism 101, but what I liked about it was not only have we all known someone who's done that, we've probably all watched someone do that. Mm-hmm. And if you are a socialized male person, you probably watched it and at least one time was like, Ooh, oops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, just the unexamined conceit that men want to play an acoustic guitar at you. <laughs> and they even say, do you mind if I play this song at you? Yes. <laughs> Not to you, yes, at you. Yes, they, yes, they, uh, um, they're deliberate with their prepositions. Yes. A gentleman from my past <laughs> told me very proudly once that uh, that, I, that I was friends with that he uh the way he bagged his girlfriend and now wife was to quote unquote accidentally bring his guitar somewhere jesus christ <laughs> like like it was just like in the back seat when he picked her up <laughs> and 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 the cute story the the way the story is cute is that he at the end of the date he was like he was like 
I was going to come up with a lie about why I have this, like what, like that I was bringing it somewhere and I needed to have it. But really, I just brought it to charm you. And it worked. Oh. <laughs> it worked really well. Oh, God. <laughs> I had at this point also been serenaded by this person several times, and I always found it very uncomfortable. <laughs> I played the guitar for years and I never once, not once, had the self-confidence to ever try to use it to romantically woo someone. Yeah. Oh, my God. No. Yeah. I think Thank it's God possible. for my low self-esteem. <laughs> right. Because otherwise I would have been a fucking nightmare. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that every time I played the piano and made people sing along... I'd, I'd been invited to do that. I don't think mm-hmm. it, I don't think I ever. But I mean, isn't that the thing? Like the Kens don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't know that they look silly. So if anyone I went to drama camp with hears this and they're like, no, you were an idiot. <laughs> like you did think you were better than then let me know. But I'm pretty sure that I always crushed. Um, I think it's possible that I overstepped with the ukulele a couple times. And everyone ukulele. oversteps with the ukulele there's no way there's because you, you can't, can't not yeah because <laughs> you can it's so portable yeah but even then it's like i was always taking requests yeah i was never singing alone <laughs> yeah like often it was some sort of like actual even if like informal like sort of like go around like talent talent show like mm-hmm. like like let's all do something not just a a blatant attack on on someone's taste (laughs) yeah like please like this about me yeah i don't think i ever took it that far yeah you didn't spontaneously put on tap shoes at someone else's wedding reception (laughs) we are coming for everyone today (laughs) we are look but both of those things are real ken behavior are they not (laughs) yes 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 both of those people are ken as fuck (laughs) (laughs) i one time made ari leave a gathering like because somebody got a guitar out and I don't even know why like that one hit me so hard because it's like it was a group like it was very consensual there was like more than one instrument involved it wasn't one person like doing it to one Mm -hmm. to another person but I still felt like it was being done to me that way like I felt Mm -hmm. like like we were all chatting and then it was like oh now I'm going to show you that I remember all the words to this song and I'm going to check in to see how many of the words you know. And like, this is a test of like positivity. There's just, you can't act casual. Yeah. <laughs> you can't act casual in a situation like that. Yeah. One of Ari and my friends once dated a guy fairly briefly who, when we were all out on a picnic, literally busted out an acoustic guitar and started playing Wonderwall. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, my God. I was just going to bring up Wonderwall specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I was like, is this a joke? Yes. What is happening yes. right now? Amy and I used to have a joke about we would see um, anyone holding a guitar. We would look at each other and be like, they look like they're about to play Wonderwall. Like, that's just like, and that that was like, that was like the sickest burn we could think of is mm-hmm. to look at someone and be like, you look like you're about to play Wonderwall right now. <laughs> like, that's, there's no worse thing you could do than be about to play Wonderwall. <laughs> yeah. Except for, as this movie demonstrates, play Matchbox 20. Yeah, I did. I believe the name of the song is Push. I've like known mm-hmm. it always, but I've never. <laughs> I I think Wonderwall, there was a part of me that was like, why wasn't it Wonderwall? But I think the text of the song. Yeah. I want to push you around. Yeah. Well, I will. Yeah. And like the idea of being like, I'm going to charmingly serenade a woman. 
with this very with a song. chauvinist song like yeah. I, like like look how good i am look at my little like finger plucking and my voice is my singing voice is a little better than you expected it to be and like aren't you so enthralled by this and the song is if i want to push you around then i will i want to take you for granted yeah which i i believe matchbox 20 wrote as satire i would hope so i can't promise that it doesn't matter. It was it was very appropriate for the the way that it's used in the Barbie movie, and it's mm-hmm. and it. I think there was a lot of unity in the theater around that. That like pretty much everyone had experienced so- something like that, probably with Wonderwall. Yeah, <laughs> but some some boy <laughs> being like, I'm I'm gonna take over this situation. I just it's the one on one. It's the one on one. I never ever played my ukulele for one person ever. That's Mm-mm. too weird. Yep. Don't do that. I agree. Like, I'm going to stop the conversation to show you that I know how to play the guitar. What? What do you think, if you were Ken, what would what would your job be as Ken? Oh, I mean, ambitiously, I would say, like, gathering. <laughs> party Ken? Yeah, yeah, but not party, like, like kickback. Sure. Like in between in between uh dinner guests and a full party. Your job is chill hang? Yes, yes. Hang sesh. Yes, hang hang sesh. That's that that's what I would aspire to. But if we look at the data, I think it would probably be like Bravo. <laughs> sure. Your job is Bravo. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm anxiety spiral. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> my my job is gotta be. My job is anxiety spiral. My job is stress. I think truly, though, my Kennergy is Alan. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you have Alan vibes to me. The existence of Alan was one thing about the movie that I was not sure about. I did learn, someone told me after, that that he's real. That's a real doll they made. Yes. So that explains it a little bit to me. Like that's it's like funny Mattel history to delve into. That it's like, did you know Ken used to have a friend? <laughs> yeah, that didn't that like it didn't matter enough. Yeah. to keep going. And I think it was to answer the question of who knocked up Midge. Sure. Yeah. 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 Because they're like, it can't be Ken. Yeah, it can't be Ken. That's that's Barbie's boyfriend. Yeah. I just felt like. Like, they did this thing, like, there's all these Kens, and they're all Ken, but they're all a little different, but they're all Ken, but there's only Alan, and Alan's different, and it's Michael Sarah, and he's the only one. And, and then there was, like, a scene where he almost did something active, like, he almost interfered or, like, influenced the plot, like, he almost caused something, but then he didn't, <laughs> which is just as well, because it's important that Barbie continue to mm-hmm. protag, but, like... I don't know. I just kind of was like, where are we going with that? Did you, had you just, I mean, I, now I understand the Mattel thing, whatever. But like, as I was watching the movie, the movie, I was like, had you just already signed Michael Sarah? Like, were they just really determined? They just like thought he really fit in the universe. And then, so they wrote him in and then they just like, when they realized they didn't need him for the story, they just didn't write him out. That's kind of what it looked like to Maybe. me. Maybe. I mean, there is that scene where he fights all those Kens. Yeah. He, like, does things. Yeah, when they're collecting all of the Barbies to deprogram them, he's, like, running around in the back. He's wearing the same jumpsuit. He's, like, helping them out, doing things. He's never the center of attention, but he's always there working. Yeah. I think maybe if I were to give a note, I would say that maybe his intro should have had either a little less fanfare or a little more explanation. 
because mm-hmm. I just felt like like the way that they went through with all the high Barbie, high Barbie, high Ken, high Ken, and they're all Barbies and Kens, and then he's the only Alan. I just felt like from the beginning, I felt like he was like a Chekhovian gun. Yeah, and then he wasn't. He was just Alan. Right. And I just felt I felt like they kind of set him up for this like really like singular role that didn't ever materialize. Yeah. So yeah, I just maybe either needed to know, but I mean, maybe if you're just like a toy nerd, then it's all fixed. I just either maybe needed to know, like the way they did with Midge. They I were was like, just about to bring up Midge. Yeah. Yes. If they if they'd given me something like that, like a little like if they'd made fun of him, the, his like his historical role in the like line of dolls yeah like i couldn't tell if he was real or for this movie right right like if they had had a helen mirren line yes just like by the way the narrator of this movie is helen mirren yes (laughs) because of just being like this was alan he was ken's friend but then he was discontinued because we realized no one cares about yes ken doesn't need a friend ken does not need a friend yeah something like that or yeah or just be like a little less like portentous about like there are no other Allens. Allen is the only Allen, I believe is what they said. That's right, yes. About him. And I just felt like that was so ominous. Yes. <laughs> and then it didn't need to be. I'm really not trying to give notes to the Barbie movie. Well, I... so we can lay that one at Noah Baumbach's feet. Sure, and... yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Because he guy. co-wrote it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, are horses men extenders? <laughs> I don't know, but I like that he said it. <laughs> Almost, at... let's just talk about, can we just talk about how, like, Ryan Gosling was so great he was so good single second he was on screen and if he is nominated for and wins an oscar for this i would be neither surprised nor mad yeah and i you know how i hate who's that guy i hate the guy with the funny face oh adam driver yes i hate adam driver yes i hate adam driver for no reason other than that he was made famous in a vehicle that was supposed to launch women and he launched harder than they Mm -hmm. did and i don't think that's fair so by that logic i should be mad at ryan gosling for shining so bright in this movie but i'm not yeah (laughs) because he just like nailed it and it served the piece so well and i just feel like that's that's not what the barbie movie is about like the barbie movie is not about femme supremacy right it's about shining a light mm-hmm. it's about it's about looking in a mirror that's a funhouse mirror that shows you the truth and like i'm really glad that there were so many juicy roles for ladies mm-hmm. in it and that there was so so much of the film was spent women talking to women mm-hmm. but i do not begrudge Ryan Gosling, his Oscar-worthy performance he, <laughs> at all. He understood the assignment so clearly. So well. And I think part of that read is influenced by the press that he has done, where he has yes. just made it so clear that like he knew exactly what he was getting into. He knew exactly what was being asked of him. And he was very happy to play supporting cast yeah. in this movie. Well, he also, it sounds like he, it sounds like they had to really convince him not because he wasn't interested in the project, but because he was not sure of his own Kennergy. Mm. And I think that's now I now I forget all the particulars, but I definitely heard some really adorable stories of like the ways that Margot Robbie and Greta Gerwig were like, like they were like, oh, it has to be him from like jump. And I want to say that they like 
hid dolls in his yard <laughs> or something like I feel like I feel like there was there was like Hollywood shenanigans like that like they like they were like throwing like paper airplanes mm-hmm. <laughs> in through his window in Great. the hills to be like you you're gonna fold on this buddy yeah <laughs> and then eventually he did and now he's really embraced it and he's yeah he's excellent in the movie and and so charming in all the press that they got to do before the strike. Mm-hmm. I guess on set, he like did a lot of Ken stuff. There's just been some discourse about like, listen, leading men, if you're going to bring up the fucking method, then like you better do it for shit. Like, like this is a good time to be a method actor. Mm-hmm. Like this is a good time to stay in character the whole time and like do things that your character would do. Yeah. To like be more in touch with them. Yes. Do that on the Barbie. You don't need to do that for the Joker, sir. Right. You don't need to terrorize your co-stars. Yeah. That's not a necessary step of acting. But if you want to do it when you're playing Ken, like go for it. I just think that's a nice, because I don't, it just draws attention to me to like another toxic male behavior of like, like, oh yeah, that really only comes up. Like, like men only insist that they need to do that like for acting when it means they get to be fucking assholes. Right. <laughs> you never hear about someone being like, oh, I had to stay in character as like Ken. Yeah. <laughs> but he did. Yeah. I mean, to that same point, Simu Liu kept a character diary as Ken. Yes. <laughs> which I think is very funny. As like his Ken. <laughs> as his Ken. Yes. As Ken number two, essentially. Yeah. yeah. So it's impossible to talk about this movie on this podcast without talking about Romy and Michelle's high school reunion. Cause one of the first things that I said to you after we got out of the movie was, I think that this movie did all of the things that I wanted Romy and Michelle's high school reunion to do. And it was totally what I wanted it to be. Yeah. I guess it's a fun meta text for me that we watched them so close together. And I'm saying that basically only because of how they look. I don't disagree with you, but I don't really know what you mean. I think the main thing that they share is the saturation of the design. And I enjoyed that very much about both pieces. I mean, that is honestly a not insignificant part of it. Pretty colors. And I feel that it there's a way that it, it passes the Bechdel test in, in the same way. You know, like there's a lot of different sort of woman's stuff going there's a lot of different lady archetypes floating around and there's also sort of a metatextual thing of like the men in this movie don't really matter like it's complicated in this movie the men are props yes yeah the men are props i mean that's it's complicated in this movie because then there is a rebellion against that but yeah essentially ryan gosling is like a whole character to me yeah but th- there is a certain sense of like the real focus of the movie is female companionship totally. is is touted and the men are very consciously created to serve the female characters of the movie even if they are themselves whole characters yeah i guess to say that it's doing what Romeo and Michelle tried to do like i don't think Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion was trying to do feminism no it was not it's not the feminism of Barbie that I felt like was more successful than Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion. It is the comedy and tone. Yeah, okay. Which I felt like was using a lot of the same tools, but was no, landing the jokes better. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, there's like a way that it was broad and yet dry. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I see what you're saying. The jokes in the Barbie movie 
to me for the most part feel like what if every joke in Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion worked as well as Lisa Kudrow getting hit by a limo sure yeah 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 I'm sure that I laughed out loud like a bunch of times mm-hmm. and I also cried twice I just really I, I already said how much I trust Margot Robbie as a filmmaker but I also I really think that she is one of the most talented actors of our generation I could I could just watch her I yeah. could just watch her do anything and there's a way that her trajectory right now is reminding me of Reese Witherspoon mm, mm-hmm. like she was positioned in Hollywood in a way that was very underestimatable yes um and now she's like I want to be in charge yeah <laughs> I'm gonna make things that I want but she's making things that are even more what I want <laughs> than yes. Reese Witherspoon has right I also besides all that creative energy that I think is really special I just like really believe her like I think she just is like a really dropped in yeah <laughs> like I've seen little clips of her talking about her like acting she does a lot of like acting class mm-hmm. still to like prepare for roles and I feel like it really shows I don't know if that's like standard practice I feel like people just get famous and then they act in the movies that they're in yeah. and they don't necessarily like go to studios with coaches and like assign animals to the parts that they're gonna play and then like explore like do like a lot of movement work yeah I think she does that stuff and I think it shows I just feel like everything she does is like so specific and detailed like I see I do see the tools that she's using but I also forget as soon as the stakes are raised at all that that's what she's doing and Mm -hmm. I'm just like in it with her yeah before we get to our questions I have one last thing to bring up and that is weird barbie we haven't oh, talked no, at all about God. Weird Barbie. Yes, what? Yes. <laughs> Kate McKinnon as Weird Barbie. Ugh. What a treat. Ugh. I Okay, so there was a piece of press that they did. It was red carpet interview montage. I forget who it was. Vogue or Vanity Fair was asking, who from the movie do you think is the most like their Barbie or Ken? <laughs> and they were asking pretty much everyone, all the stars as they were walking the red carpet. And Margot Robbie was like, I think it's uh, Simu Liu. I think he's very Ken. A lot of people said Margot Robbie is very stereotypical Barbie. Greta Gerwig even said that. Yeah. And then they asked Kate McKinnon and Kate McKinnon was like, um, it's... It's me. It's me. <laughs> it weird I'm if weird I say Barbie. Myself? <laughs> yeah, I'm weird Barbie, and I don't think that that's wrong. And honestly, I was like, yeah, no, yeah. that's re- that's real. The convergence in my timeline of Jasper the doll <laughs> and weird Barbie has been like pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Like just like I I just like and then and then if we think about like. <laughs> Cynthia yes from from the Rugrats like I I just I feel like that fucked up doll is like having her day finally and it's like (laughs) just like it's really fun to see what like adult culture has to say about this like common childhood practice where we all tortured one of our dolls (laughs) yeah to be clear I didn't I didn't either 
I think both of us have the thing where we're like, we keep our toys nice. Yeah, I, I didn't like to do things. It was less about keeping it factory conditioned and more about um, I don't like to do things that I can't undo. Yeah. That's very stressful to me. So like cutting off the Barbie's hair is not something that I would have experimented with. Yeah. But like I, I knew like anyone, anyone I knew who had more than like five Barbies had one that was like that. And like you see them at like thrift stores and like, <laughs> but people play too hard. Yeah, they play too hard with weird Barbie. She's always I, in the splits. Yes, I've heard um, a couple amazing anecdotes about Kate McKinnon in this role. One of them is that at some point <laughs> Kate McKinnon went to Greta Gerwig and was like, so the weird Barbie is usually actually always naked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Greta Gerwig, Greta Gerwig, nope, it's not going to happen. <laughs> she was like, uh, well, okay, so what do you want to do about that? And Kate McKinnon's like, should I be naked? <laughs> like, I will. Yeah. Barbie naked, not real naked, because canonically. She didn't specify sure. in, in the interview, but like, I'm sure that's what she meant, because yeah. they do talk several times about their like sexless bumps. Yes. Canonically, none of the live action Barbies and Kens have genitalia. Yeah. Yeah. So like it would have been some sort of like plastic sheath. <laughs> yes. But I think that would have been I, I understand why they didn't go that way. And that it's it does walk a fine line of being like very like not for kids, but kid friendly. Yeah. And I think that that alone probably would have kept a lot of moderate parents from bringing their children to this movie. And I'm yes. just really glad that all those purple state kids are seeing this movie because mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's going to nest in their little brains mm-hmm. and and um, help change the world, honestly. Um, and I do think that decision alone might have suppressed that uh population but it is a very funny image to think about and also like maybe some marker oh yeah some marker on the tummy Mm -hmm. that would have been very funny if they like did it as a tattoo but it was just like just a scribble yeah because that is part of what i think of when i think of the weird barbies that people have it's not just the hair it's like they are always naked or maybe they're wearing like one like half of tights or something Mm mm-hmm and they usually have like scars or markings. Yeah. Uh, uh like melty bits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like melty bits. On the on the on the doll the doll flesh. Yeah. And that I think would have been exciting to play with. But it it, it didn't need it because Kate McKinnon is just weird Barbie all on her own. <laughs> yeah. It was Kate McKinnon who went, Ooh, I can't wait to see what kind of sexless lump he's packing underneath those shorts. <laughs> She's just such a joy. She's a also goddamn delight and a treasure. Yeah, like I, I can't imagine how bad something would have to be. And that's another reason that I had every faith in this movie. I was like, I can't imagine how bad something would have to be for me to not be glad to be watching Margot Robbie and Kate McKinnon. Yeah. You can't ruin them. We watched that. What was that terrible thing we watched? A third of with Margot Robbie where she crashes into something and is like, ugh, people are always leaving statues in my way or whatever. Oh yeah. Babylon. Yeah. Oh God. Like, yeah. So that was a nightmare. Yeah. But like, I was her so happy to watch her. Yeah. Every time she waltzed on screen, I was like, well, that's something to do. Like, I'm not really enjoying this film, but like, she's, having, I'm not, she I'm not sorry time. to, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Add in a Kate McKinnon. I'm pretty sure it was unfuckable. Yeah. And, and it was, and yeah. it was fantastic. It honestly actually probably was very fuck up a bull. Now that I've said it this many times, I don't, I don't want to take away from actually how deft I think this movie is. I actually don't think it was like 
a slam dunk at all. I think it probably could have gone wrong in so many ways at so many turns. Yeah. I also, I feel like we're finally arriving at a time where brands are starting to understand that the brand itself has a personality which is like sounds like such a dumb thing to say because it's like that's what branding is like that's that's like kind of what they're shoving in your face all the time but I feel like for so long brands were afraid to like laugh at themselves or like Mm -hmm. be a character in their own joke yeah like anything that if anyone says anything bad about it the only way to interpret that is that they've is that we've been insulted yeah there's no like joking with the yeah. way there is with a person. Right. There's no teasing to promote intimacy right? <laughs> with a brand. But now I think there is starting to be because Gen X is in charge finally. Yeah. And, and they, also and I, they get that. They're, they've always been sardonic. Yeah. And I also think that Twitter and TikTok have really yes. taught brands that sometimes it pays to be. Totally. Yes. All those like meta. at first when when the social media person was like. A dumb kid like I, I just feel like there there were times where it was like oh no is the person do it running oreos twitter about to get fired and then it would be like no oreo had the best sales day mm-hmm. <laughs> that they've had in 11 years yeah so um now we're gonna start hiring people to create these moments like artificially yeah do you want to tell the doll hands anecdote oh sure yes yes uh a gentleman on <laughs> on tiktok Talked about being the movement continuity supervisor for the Barbie movie, which is like, what is that job? They did, I guess, a week of screen testing where they uh, made everybody, uh, they were just seeing what things looked like. They were probably trying a lot of stuff, but one of the things they were trying is that um, every all the actors' hands were like a Barbie's hands. So like, you can't see me, but like my hand is paddle straight hands. out from my, yeah, paddle hands. Straight out from my wrist, and the thumb is perpendicular to the fingers, like a Barbie's hand. Yeah. Um, and they were like, all of you have to be this way all of the time, which I'm glad they did not end up pursuing because, like, then how would they ever hold and how would Ken ever hold a book about horses? You know what I yeah. mean? Like, it's, I think, I think in particular, Margot Robbie and Kate McKinnon were very deliberate in their doll, like, like they, they did do a lot of movement work. But they used their hands like humans. Yes. <laughs> but I guess in this week of testing stuff out, um, this gentleman who took to Twitter, it was his job to keep track of, to watch everybody's hands and make sure that they weren't, like, not doing the hands. And he just said that Kate McKinnon was, like, far and away the best. at Like, she, ne- he never caught her. Like, it was like, oh, you're supposed to have paddle hands? She's got paddle hands. And I was like, obviously, of course, because, like, that's what sketch training is. It's like, it's like if that's the joke of the scene then that's what she's doing. Right. You know what I mean? Like Margot Robbie's going to be like, oh, wait, I forgot because I was acting. Yeah. But Kate McKinnon is like, this is what acting is. If acting is paddle hands, then paddle hands it shall be. Right. Exactly. And she's a goddamn professional. Yeah. Yeah. I just really liked that story. It felt really uh, true. Yeah. I'm very glad they did not stick with paddle hands. Yeah. So. But it's a fun story. Yes, absolutely. So who is the Barbie movie for? I think that it's for fucking everybody, man. Mm-hmm. And I I feel like if it's not f- for you, you're either so rotted, like 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 radicalized, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> into like like radical patriarchy. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like if you're going to object on political grounds because it is feminism 101. It is not that serious. Yeah. At all. Yeah. It's just like hey, 
we've made this harder for ourselves. And it really makes a point to be like, it's not good for the men either. Yes. Like this is not, this is not a healthy system for no one is thriving the way that we've set it up. So I feel like if you have an objection on political grounds, that you probably really deep in some other programming that I don't need to fuck with. Yeah. Or yes, I've heard some leftier people say that it just like didn't do enough. And in that case, I think you're a fucking curmudgeon. Yeah. And you just don't like nice things. And I don't, I'm glad that you are probably voting in a more agreeable way to me. But like, I also probably don't want to talk to you at a party. Right, exactly. Like, if you don't think this movie was fun, <laughs> I really don't have time for someone who doesn't think this movie was fun. If you're going to try to be like, oh, it should have done more. Like, it should have saved the whole world. It should have discussed, like, every political issue. It should have, like, made it seem worse. It's like, what movie were you watching? Like, not everything can be everything. Right. Like, sometimes just, like, it, it, did, it did more than most things. And it was more fun than most things. Yeah. Just just be in it yeah (laughs) just cry in the montage we saw this movie with uh multiple straight men at least and multiple tv and film writers some of whom have a reputation amongst our friends for hating everything Mm. and all of them had such a good time yeah so like it doesn't you can just just fucking have fun yeah just just have fun I'm not even going to say turn your brain off because it's not that kind of no, movie. No, you don't have to. It, yeah, it's like, a, that's, it's a it, good movie. No, it's a thing that happens when like there's when something does like a little bit of activism, sometimes that is the thing that gets attacked for not doing enough instead of all the other things that did nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like it is not this movie's job to fix men. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it will help. I honestly think this is like one of the most like socially responsible movies I've seen since like Get Out. Like I yeah, I I would I would compare it to Get Out in terms of like mm. the balance of like I have something to say that you need to hear, but this is also just like fucking good ass entertainment. Mm-hmm. And that's what it is first. Yes. There are no compromises were made in the entertainingness. Yes. For me to have this message to you. Yes. But also the message is what it needs to be. I agree. And to the men out there, if you watch this movie and you didn't like it, first of all, why are you still listening to this? Yeah. Secondly, uh, Jordan Peterson is not a historian. Andrew Tate is not a sociologist. And Ben Shapiro is not a political scientist. Every single one of those guys are fucking morons. Stop watching YouTube and start doing anything else with your time. Literally anything else with I your time. I just like can't imagine anyone not like like I can I it it would make sense to me if a lot of men especially who haven't deprogrammed themselves at all are were like less moved by it than I was I mean someone was dramatically yawning when we saw it in theaters during basically any time anyone brought up feminism yes and I think that person was making a purposeful statement I think that person was defending a space that they thought was theirs Mm -hmm. do you know what I mean yeah. Like I, I, I think I think that is the poisonous person that we're talking about. That is yeah. like, oh, like the very idea that something would exist would be designed for someone other than me is so threatening to me that I have to announce myself. Mm-hmm. That's um, pathetic. Yes, I agree. I'm just saying you don't have to have you don't have to have wept the way I wept to still 
just have a nice time at this movie. And if you are a man who saw it and you were like, some of the emotional arc went over my head and I'd, it wasn't for me and I'm not used to that. And I didn't know how to relate this emotional experience to my emotional experience because most movies are for my gaze. Like, I understand that. And like, ask your ask a woman in your life about it. This is going to be a great entry point. Yeah. I But that is not a reason to say that it was shit. Like, you can't convince me that you didn't enjoy it just because even if you didn't get it, you still should have enjoyed it unless you're an asshole. Yes, I, I agree guess with that. what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yes, I agree with that. And so I think we've made this abundantly clear. Uh, if someone came up to you at a party and started talking to you about how much they like the Barbie movie. Oh, yeah. that I hope that that happens the, for the rest of this year. Yeah, I agree. It should. And then if they follow that up with starting to talk about Oppenheimer, ah, I haven't seen it. No, I, I haven't. haven't seen it. I haven't seen it, and I'm and I'm not ever going to because I have a thing about nukes. I have to give it some time to settle in, and I would like to watch it again whenever it's released on, on the small. Mm-hmm. But I I genuinely feel like this could be one of my favorite. Like I feel like in it's not unlikely to me that in ten years I will still be saying that this is one of my favorite movies, as opposed to just, like right now it's like a recent release that I was very excited by. Yeah, but I think if we zapped to the future. Something you feel like you'll continue it. to return to it? Yeah. So I guess that answers the question. Is this in your curriculum? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, same. Uh, I think it goes in Violent Femmes, Women Creating Men, The Lady Auteurs. Oh, it is so Women Creating Men. Yes. I think it is the most Women Creating Men that we've had thus far. In a little far. while, yeah. yeah. It's not apocalyptic, but there is something about world building that I feel like maybe we should have had a common thread through. Maybe that should be something on mm. the board. It's just another world like over to the side. Like it's not sci-fi. It's not the apocalypse. But it did do a lot of really successful creationism. Yes. <laughs> um, and that that's really an art unto itself. So, I, yeah, I, I'd like to I'd like to design a course of that mm-hmm. of stuff that's that. That discusses like visual and ideological cohesion and how one uses those tools to like how how form meets content. Yeah. Like the meta text of the multiverse. Yeah. Like transdimensional theory and action. Yeah, that yeah, transdimensional is good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like but something to me, I want there to be something about how like like sometimes the best way to describe the world you're living in is to build a completely other world and look back at it. And I, I don't know if we've discussed that principle like so specifically yet. Yeah. But like things do that. Yes, they do. This movie's on my mind because also of that episode of the other two, but it did have kind of a Pleasantville mm-hmm. like vibe to me of like it's this other place with slightly different rules and then like people move between the two places and learn things. Mm-hmm. that then they apply to the one that they came from. Yeah. Another reason that I knew that I was going to love it is that I could tell that it was going to be a story about deciding to be real. And I know that that works on me besides all the people involved making me feel safe. I felt like thematically, I was like, I know even if it's, even if the execution's a little clumsy, it's going to be a, a theme that, that touches my heart. Yeah. <laughs> Like things like like when you truly not not just crossing over into real, but like being given the choice to go back to decidedness. Yeah. Matched up in this square away in this mm-hmm. and choosing 
the uncertainty. Yes, uncertainty and 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 danger, emotional danger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> choosing that. That's it always works on me. Yeah. Just choosing to be real. Choosing to be real. That's a new class that I'm making up. Mm-hmm. And Into the Woods and Pleasantville and this are in it. And honestly, probably The Matrix. <laughs> yes. The Matrix probably is in it. Okay. Where can they find you on TikTok? At Trash Analysis. And you can find me on TikTok at Anxious Arch Fay. You can find the show on the socials at Sophisticate Pod. Please continue to like and rate and review and subscribe and tell your friends about us. It always really helps. And until next time, that about does it here for us at I'm a Sophisticate and so can you. Until next time, good night and good luck.